from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Wow Report. I'm Fenton Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by James St. James. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> And uh, Sorry, uh, last minute fixing for those of you watching on video and Tom Campbell, our chief creative officer, and of course, Blake Jacobs. It's good to be here. Uh, lockdown continues, coronavirus in full effect. Um, but we're counting down the top 10 things this week that made us go wow. And let's just jump in. Number 10, Tom. Number 10. I'm talking Claudia Conway. Oh. The 15-year-old daughter of Kellyanne Conway and George Conway, who I found out, you know, the famous couple, she's the Republican who's turned Nazi. He's the Republican who's turned liberal in that he is supporting through uh, the Lincoln Project, which I love all their posts. They're supporting Biden. Republicans, long-standing uh, Republicans who are supporting Biden to save our country. But the ray of hope and the, the kind of the thing that brings them all together is their 15-year-old daughter has been discovered online and she was being called like uh, uh, Kellyanne Conway's daughter, George Conway's daughter. She's like, no, I'm Claudia Conway. Good uh, for her. And and she's like, like, like most teenagers today, she kind of, you know, she tweets about Black Lives Matter. She cares. She's on TikTok. She's, you know, demands uh, justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, and and uh, comes for her mother a little bit, doesn't she? She comes, well, she definitely comes for Trump. Yeah. Did, you, did, did you see that great clip of her mother, like, watching her phone? I guess they were streaming live. And, and suddenly the mother grabs the phone and they're, like, <laughs> literally having a fisticuffs over the phone, trying to grab Claudia Conway's phone out of her hands. <laughs> I mean, if there's ever anything that can take Kelly Conway down, there's there can be, Kellyanne, it's a teenage daughter. It's that, <laughs> yes. that brings us all together in some weird, twisted 2020. Nobody can call you on your shit like your own kid, right? Yes. And she's, you know, there's a tweet that she put out that's now been taken down. She goes, you're just mad that I'm finally getting my voice heard to her parents. Sorry, your marriage failed. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, wonder how those two can stay together. They are on such opposite, di- you know, diametrically opposed sides of, of the ideology. It's just you wonder what dinner is, what the dinner table is like with the three of them. I know now with the, with with with, with uh, Claudia right there. Right. Now we know that, just fighting over the phone. <laughs> I didn't even know they had a daughter. It was such a surprise reveal. It was like, um, who was that other guy who suddenly revealed he had a son called Oh, Matt Getz. Yeah, Senator Matt Getz from Florida with his son. <laughs> but this is the other, again, for the mouth of teenagers, one of her other tweets was, Baha, I'm not angry, I'm chilling. I'm just over both of my parents trying to silence me. And my parents, particularly my mother, are trying to silence me, getting me to delete my social media. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> it's just delightful. And, um, uh, you, you know, everything, everybody now is a star for, you know, a, an hour and a half. And this week it is Claudia Conway who reminds us that, again, there's no power, nuclear, solar, you know, religious stronger than that of an angry teenager trying to <laughs> her parents. 
Well, you know, we haven't had a resistor of the week for many months. So let's make her the resistor of the week of the month. Yeah, we wore resistors and more of them should be teenage girls. Because remember, (laughs) it was the teenagers that took down Trump's rally in Tulsa, the TikTokers and the K-pop stands. So I think I think this generation is going to be okay. I think the kids are all right. Thanks for reminding me. Claudia also is behind some TikTok mission to give one star reviews to Trump hotels. <laughs> I love the youth of America. I give them my wow, my wow ring uh, salute. I've never seen that ring. What is it? It's a little something. You know, I don't want to say that I'm engaged. I just want to start rumors. <laughs> That's so cute. I love it. Can we get it at the wow store? Not yet. Ah, good. I'm working on it. I'm Nice. Uh, what makes it flash? For those of you listening, uh, it, it it's a ring that flashes. But what makes it flash? It's, it's just some LEDs that I just <laughs> and it goes. I don't know. I don't know Is where it I got it. Where did from? I feel like it was in the office, or it was some drag dropping, and I just picked it up and I. And, you know, vacuuming, it was found again today. My it looks like one of those, like, from the 70s, like, Electro Woman and Dinah Girls, like some 70s cartoon. Yes. <laughs> Is it How actually a I... ring or a little sex toy thing that you... Wow. Uh, put it up your butt and see what happens. Oh, 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 oh. All right. You can follow Claudia Conway on, uh, at Claudia M. Conway. She's on TikTok. All right. Let's move on. Number nine, Jane. Number nine. Well, I started watching on Netflix um, the new Unsolved Mysteries. I never really watched the old all Unsolved Mysteries from the 80s and 90s. But it, remember, it starred Robert Stack in sort of a late career move. And he was always in a trench coat. And he would pop out from some foggy alleyway and introduce the mystery. Well, poor Robert Stack is no more. He's not here. So they don't have a host anymore. But... Ooh. You know, but but it's still it's they do these deep dives into these really like obscure sort of always very weird mysteries, murders and occult thingies. And you never really know. The first one um, is this guy It's such a crazy story. He's at home with his wife and he gets a phone call and he picks up the phone and he says, oh, and he races out the door never to be heard of again. And nobody can trace the phone call. Nobody knows where the phone call was from, who well, was calling, what was going on. His wife was out of town. There was a... Oh, it was, it was the woman who was babysitting or watching the house or something, right? right. You have seen this. Okay. So then they find the car like a week later and it's next to this really fancy hotel, the Belvedere Hotel in Baltimore. And they go up onto the roof and they notice in the next building over, there's a hole in the roof in the next building over. And so they go to it and find out what it's an abandoned building. They go in and they find his body there. Okay. And it had fallen through the roof, made a hole in this metal roof. So it had to have come from a really great height. Right. So they go back up to the building next door, but to get to where the hole was, it's a 45 foot distance. So he couldn't have jumped. He couldn't have taken a running jump. They couldn't have thrown him. There's no way to get 45 feet unless he was dropped from a plane or something. So they go and then around the hole, they find his glasses and his cell phone and neither are broken. So someone had to place them near the hole afterwards. And then to find the, 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 the condition of the body it had been in, brutalized beforehand. So he was dead before he went through the hole. So he didn't jump. Something happened. And that's the mystery of it. And we don't really know. There's another one, the second one. Wait, where, it was left unsolved. Left and then unsolved, but I'm going to get to that in a second. Been, 
and they ask for people to send in evidence and yes, stuff. Yes, they, you send tips afterwards, and I'm going to get to that in a second. The second one is a woman who was murdered, and you think that it's the the husband Ron, who's really creepy and weird. That boy Pistol, her son, is so cute. I'm so in love with him. That's what kept me staying on. Um, but he's very creepy, and he's sort of the new Carol Baskin. If you go on Twitter, he is the one that everyone is like, he did it, he did it, he's going down. Well, um, he asked them to like when they found her to like lay her bones out as if she was still like because they found her like way after the fact. So they found all her bones, yes. Right. Um, and he also and he, sleeps with her ashes every night like a teddy bear. And the minute she died, remember, he changed all the locks to the house so the son couldn't get in the house anymore because he hated the son. He's, he's very creepy and weird. And then there's an, a third one, which um, was about these aristocrats in France and the father killed the family. And the, you have to watch that one because the kids are really cute. The boy, the 20 year old is really hot. The production value, I have a question because there was an unsolved mystery shot in my hometown of Newport, New Hampshire, because there was a character, Mr. Uh, Judge, Judge Fairbanks, who bankrupted and was these terrible things. And they had, they shot it in Newport and they used a lot of the people from the bank and the home, the, my hometown to play the extras. Do you get the sense that these take place, these recreations take place? With the, the real very it's Netflix money. There's definitely Netflix money behind the show, and there's lots of fabulous drone footage, and it, it's all done very, very well. So yes, I can see them doing it. They don't do a lot of cheesy reenactments, really, like the old one did. But what is done is done very well. There's another one in the Berkshires. Uh, there was a famous UFO sighting, UFO, alien abductions in the '60s. It's a really good episode. But interestingly, since this, this has debuted and it's gotten all this Twitter love and everything like that they've gotten all these credible tips and they've reported them to the fbi and it looks like a lot of these are going to get solved so it's it is it's not my cup of tea i don't usually watch these types of shows but i'm hooked on this i'm definitely it is it is my cup of tea and this is only volume one so hopefully they'll do some updates when volume two comes out so is it one unsolved mystery per episode yes yeah, and like I said, each one is such a crazy, crazy story. There are six episodes in the fir- in this first one, and each one just gets crazier than the last. Wow, because the, uh, there's been so much buzz about it online, and I was reading about, I guess this was the previous series, where one of the great stories was a spontaneous combustion story. <laughs> I remember that one. I do remember that. Right? Now, because remember remember, it was always on in the afternoon before the soap operas this is definitely netflix money like i say and it's done in netflix style and the show the stories that they choose each one you find yourself just jaw dropped you're so like what and it's like what's gonna happen next what's gonna it's like a little making of a murder episode every episode fantastic all right gonna move on to number eight number eight hot reads it's been seven years. I didn't realize this. Seven years since uh, Kevin uh, Kwan published Crazy Rich Asians. Kevin Kwan? No, Kevin Kwan was the makeup artist. Kevin Kwan. Kevin Kwan. Oh, okay. Not Kwan. Kwan. K-W-A-N. And, uh, you know, I remember when that book came out seven years ago, and it took a long It was bubbling around for a long time before it suddenly sort of exploded. I guess, really, it was when the movie you know, when the movie came out. Anyway, James, I'm reading Sex and Vanity. I have to oh, say yeah. I'm being lazy. I'm reading the audiobook or the audiobook <laughs> being read to me. And as I was listening to this story, I mean, look, I, I love, it's summer and I just love a bonk buster, you know, like, 
you know, sex and shopping. Like Collins type, yes. Yeah, I love it. It's my favorite genre of novel. So I'm just so excited for this. Um, but I'm I'm following on, listening to it. And I said, I think that's odd. What does this story remind me of? And basically what he's done, and this is so brilliant. And to anyone out there with writer's block, go to your word processor now. And like, he just basically decided he would rewrite Room with a View. I was like, Room Carter, yes. Yes, Forster's Room with a View. Yes. And, um, because even the characters of a, like Lucy is the young heroine who's confused and impressionable, and she's guarded by this sort of witch type aunt who's all shriveled and mean and nasty, and she's called Charlotte. And, you know, the hero is called George. It, the names are the same. Okay, he's changed the surnames. He's changed the surnames. And he's also changed Amelia because the original room with a view is set in Florence. Yes. And this one is set in Capri. But apparently that's how you say You don't say Capri. I always I've always Capri. said Capri my whole life. Capri. Are they it Capri pants? The first syllable. Capri. Do you wear Capri pants? Uh, yes, like Capri pants. And it's like, and this may make it odd for the times that we're in, but you just love reading about billionaires. In fact, he calls them billennials, who are ah. millennial billionaires. And everything is name brand. In fact, I haven't seen so many brands or names. It's since like a, I read American Or what was the Scruples, Michael? I mean, Tom, who wrote Scruples? Judith Brand. Yeah. Yes. Sydney Sheldon. So they're uh, modern Sydney. Yes, they're modern Judith Crant, Sydney Sheldon's. And it's it's meticulously, you know, every name and brand and restaurant location and dish, everything. It's just a litany of extravaganza, um, which may make it seem out of out of step. In fact, of course, you know, you know, it's a really good bonk buster if you get a snotty review in the New York Times, and they <laughs> they didn't disappoint. She said. It might have been written by E.M. Forster if his characters had been micron deep, Instagram obsessed and unable to make conversation. Uh, Quan has replaced Edwardian plot devices with drones. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, I think she's a little bit off because I actually think there's something uh, a lot of her characters are are Hapa, which is like half Asian, half American. And actually, there's a sort of quite interesting like... um, so exploration of race and how these days, you know, more and more people are mixed and have multiple racial ethnic identities. And, you know, I think Kevin Kwan is that himself. He was born in Singapore, but has lived most of his life in New York, in, in America. Um, so I, I think Sex and Vanity, that's what it's called. And it's basically a rewrite just turned into mega, just sort of mega bucks and mega brands. And it's, um, yeah, a rewrite of... Uh, Room with view. So, James, if you have writer's book, just like grab a novel uh-huh. and rewrite it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Blake, if you got a question for us, we'll take a break. I do. I have um, some silly trivia questions. One of my friends on Facebook actually posted, like, what's the most useless fact you know? Fact you know? So, these are some of those. Okay. okay. What is a group of flamingos called? And what about a group of peacocks? You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. We'll be right back with the answer after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. 
Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James and James and Blake. You had a question for us. Yes, it's a silly trivia question. What is a group of flamingos called? A. And then what is a group of peacocks called? No, it's a package of peacocks <laughs> and a sling of flamingos. I do not know what I'm talking about. Um, it's a. I would. I want to say it's a pride of peacocks, but that's but that's an, uh, that's lions. Um, uh, Flamingos. I'm going to say a a a, a, fra- a fractal of flamingos. Hmm. <laughs> a pod of peacocks. Oh, there you go. Okay. Caucus of flamingos. Ah! It's actually a flamboyance of flamingos. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Oh, what a fabulous fact! A flamingos. And then um, for peacocks, it's an ostentation. Or oh, a, that's funny. Or a pride. Oh, oh, I don't oh. the pride. There you go. Okay. Yeah, half a point. Okay, before we go on with the top 10, I just want to let you know, Wednesdays, this is a trifecta here. Okay, Wednesdays, Vinegar to Strokes does the extra lap recap of Canada's Drag Race. So Vinegar Strokes is from Drag Race UK, and every week she's doing an extra lap recap of Canada's Drag Race. So that's Wednesday. That's on what presents us Thursday. New episode of Canada's Drag Race. The, act- the next thing. Well, Friday, Friday, Jeffrey Bayer Chapman does <laughs> the podcast. Be still my heart. Co-host of, of Canada's Drag Race. And everyone keeps asking. I know you just said it three times, but you get it on Wow Presents Plus. It's an app. It's free. It, it's free. It's it well. It's free to download, and then you get a free month, and then it's just it's and then it costs just like pennies, like three ninety nine, four ninety nine. Who cares? It's so little, you don't even care what it costs. Wait a minute, Jeffrey Bowyer Chapman's um, podcast is on while Presents Plus. No, James, it actually isn't. That's just a, a podcast, but it doesn't oh. matter because on Wednesday and Thursday, Wow Presents Plus is your place for the Vinegar Strokes extra leap of the previous episode, and then. Thursday is the new episode of Canada's Drag Race. And then the next day, you just listen because you've just been visually overstimulated to Jeffrey Barry Chapman's podcast. I do want to point out that I was on that podcast last week. So I want you to try and figure out where it was so you can go and listen to it because I'm absolutely just scintillating as always. It's where all podcasts are sold, James. It's a side of James you <laughs> A whole new James. All right. Let's keep counting down the top 10 things that make us go, wow, number seven. Number seven. I've got a one that could be sad, but it's not because his life was so joyous. The passing of Carl Reiner, 98 years old, not only like a massive Trump supporter, in it, you know, and, 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 but just one of the funniest men in show business, a writer, a director, a producer, an actor, the father of Rob Reiner, one of the most hilarious, you know, if you meathead from all the family and an amazing director, his wife, Estelle, who he's with from 1943 to her death in 2008, is famous because she was in When Harry Met Sally, Rob Reiner's film. And she's the one who has, who after Meg Ryan fakes her orgasm in the deli says, I'll have what she, ha- I'll have what she's having. Just iconic moments. Um, a cup, just there's too much of a career to talk about his, the, um, he he was the creator of the Dick Van Dyke show. He originally wrote it for himself, and they were like, we don't really want you. So they put in Dick Van Dyke, 
But he was, he was a co-star on it. He was the, the producer. Alan Brady. They were, it, was, it, was a sh- it was a very advanced show, kind of very 30 Rock, about the writing of a, a TV show, a talk show, a, a variety show. And Alan Brady played by Carl Reiner in occasional appearances. CBS last Friday did like show two Carl Reiner episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show on prime time that they colorized. What a gem the Dick Van Dyke show is. It's like beautiful comedy plays, just beautifully acted, beautifully written. The word. And how beautiful act. was Mary Tyler Moore in it? Yes. She was in her Capri pants. And shot in the, in, in the Camelot Kennedy years and yes. the hair and the clothes and the oh. suits and everything that's exquisite. It was the episode where Laura goes on, um, a game show and she gets duped by this really slimy uh, MC to tell a secret. And she says that Alan, he goes, does Alan Brady wears his toupee at home? She's like, Oh yes, he wears it everywhere. She's like, "Ah!" she just revealed that Alan Brady had a toupee (laughs) masterclass scene where she comes to, to timidly apologize and save her husband's job. And he's sitting there with all these, um, Different toupees on them, different, different. Like he goes, "That's my Alan. You need a haircut toupee, and that's my Alan. You know, you know, you know. You're losing your hair toupee. Just genius." And I just want to shout out again. Not enough time to talk about him in this segment, but you know, you you probably know him if you don't research. But he directed two different movies, twenty years apart. He he directed many more. He directed probably like twenty five movies. But two of my favorite movies for very different reasons. He actually, he didn't direct. He wrote the script to The Thrill of It All, James. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That Doris Day movie with James yeah, yeah. And she becomes a soap spokes model. model yeah, right? yeah. And then there's this scene in the pool where it all fills up with the bubble. Yeah. The funniest, funniest, it ends with her going through a car wash. I mean, it's just everything I love in comedy and a Doris Day comedy. James Garner is, is the husband, right? Uh, so beautiful. Oh, yes. So handsome, yes. And then in uh, in the 80s, he directed Lily, he did a lot of Steve Martin movies. He directed Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin and one of my favorite movies truly of all time, All of Me. Do you remember All of Me? Yes. Uh-huh. Lily Tomlin is like this eccentric rich woman, bitter old woman who wants to live forever. So she's got this Raji guy to like, like she's going to die and her body's going to go into Victoria Tennant's body, who happened to be Steve Martin's real life. And and it's kind of a whole quack thing. But when it happens, Steve Martin's there. He's an un, un, you know, unsuspecting person. And her body lands in his body. And the whole movie is, is Steve Martin with Lily Tomlin in him. And they have brilliant scenes where he's in the mirror. He can see her when he's in the mirror. So they're yelling at each other. You know, he'll want to go one way. She'll want to go the other. It was a, a physical comedy. And, and, and the very end... They um they fall in love and and there's a, a, a shot of them dancing uh, just in love with each other and but but just him all by himself, <laughs> but it's both of them and uh, I just I, I, I want to point out that three of my all time favorite movies he made back to back to back he did the jerk he did uh, yes. Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid and he did the the man with two brains and uh, uh, or the the woman with two brains i think it was and it was um he wrote all of them and they're just some of the funniest steve martin movies of all time he also did you know your show of shows which was the seminal 1950s tv show that's what what he was sort of most famous for but then in his later years the last 5 years he's been on twitter and he has been so anti trump oh, and killing. Killing it. And he's so funny still right up until the end, right up until 98. He was just living his life. And he was just, that's the way to go out. 98 and still full of piss and vinegar. There's a documentary that he and his close friend, uh, 
uh, Dick Van Dyke and also Matt, uh, Mel Brooks are in. Yeah. And, and his whole line was like, he goes, the first thing I do is I read the obituaries. And if I'm not in it, I eat breakfast. He <laughs> <laughs> skipped breakfast this morning. Which and apparently he and Mel Brooks every day got together and had dinner together every night and then watched a movie every single night in their golden years. And I think that's just so wonderful. One of the last, because I think he went very peacefully in the sleep, I believe. And and one of the last pictures was like the day before he passed was him, Mel Brooks, and his daughter lying in bed with black, black, with black t-shirts that said Black Lives Matter. So I mean, <laughs> he was involved, activated, doing something, saying something. And the gift of making people laugh makes me want to cry because it's such, I, laughter to me is like godlike. I love to for, laugh. Love for 70 people. years, he was on top of his game. You know, that's just, who can have a 70-year career? All right. Rest in power, Carl Reiner passed away June 29th in Beverly Hills. James, number six. Number six. Number six, I watched on HBO, Bully Coward Victim, the Roy Cohn story. It's, it's a hard one to watch. It's not for everyone because he's such a loathsome, loathsome, loathsome person in history. He got his start, of course, with Ed, J. Edgar Hoover during the um, the very famous communist era. He also was involved with the Lavender Scare, which rounded up homosexuals, put them in jail, even though he himself was gay and self-loathing and never came out really. And even as he died of AIDS, he said that it was liver cancer. He wouldn't admit to it. He was one of Donald Trump's mentors. um, Was was responsible for Julius and Ethel Rosenberg getting the electric chair. Um, Many people think that he framed Ethel. Um, he he went to Ethel's brother and got some false information, and that's what eventually helped put them in the um, the chair. He um, said when he said that he wasn't gay, he said he was a man who liked to have sex with men. That homosexuals were weak and effeminate, and he was not homosexual. He just wouldn't cop to it. Um, uh, he was a lawyer for Steve Rubell and Ian Schrager when Studio 54 got busted. I mean, he from the 50s until the 80s, he was sort of one of those Zelig-like characters who f- factors in everybody's story somehow, even though he was a horrible person. Fenton, what did you think? I mean, I, I, I think Roy Cohn is one of the most evil people that has ever walked the face of the earth in America. And it's funny, this is the second documentary I've seen about him. The first one is by, oh God, this is not the time to have a brain fart. Um, oh, the, the where, Where's My Roy Cohn is, was it, right? Where's My Roy Cohn, who yeah. also did the amazing Scotty Bowers story. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, he's such a great, and who did the Studio 54 documentary. Right, okay. Wait, yeah. look him up. It'll um, come to you. Oh. Well, one of the interesting things is the person who directed this was a woman named Ivy Meerpole, who was Ethel Rosenberg's grand, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg's granddaughter. So she definitely had an axe to pick. Or, uh, she definitely had a, a reason for doing the documentary. Given the fact that the director is a descendant of uh, Rosenberg, China, China. I was surprised how, how even-handed it was. And it didn't really... It didn't vilify him the way they could have. It, it was sort of, you presented a lot right. of sides. And Matt Turner's documentary as well about Where's My Roy Kern is, is similar. I mean, this man is so evil. And I just feel that both documentaries are almost... Um, Not apologetic, but... Balanced or something yeah. in a way that balance is not called for. This is the architect. This is definitely the man who shaped Trump. Um, and who Trump actually famously abandoned in the last, yes, you know, right. in the last, AIDS, last of his life. Yeah. Yeah. 
But my God, what an awful man. And it is a tough watch because you cannot believe the effrontery, the hypocrisy and the lies all deliver and the lives the lives that he ruined and destroyed. I Just, mean, when you think of not only the communist scare in the fifties, but the lavender scare, like just the amount of innocent people that went down because he was either, you know, self self-loathing or, or just be, you know, he, yeah, he was just such a hateful, hateful person. Yeah. Or just evil. I mean, I guess some people are just corrupting influence. And I, I think that Trump and him are birds of a feather in that respect. Yes, definitely. Oh, bully cowed victim, the story of Roy Cohen. And oh, by the way, that bully cowed victim, that is what is on the AIDS quilt. Yes. I thought it was a great detail. Yeah. Um, it was someone who, when Ivy went to go to the AIDS quilt, she, the first thing she saw was that it was a square that hadn't been built yet. And it just said, I, I you know, bully coward victim, Roy Cohen. That was what it was going to, where his quilt was going to be. Yeah. That's streaming on HBO Max. I'm going to move on to number five. Number five. Something also uber creepy and dark. It's a docuseries on HBO, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's the story of the Golden State Killer. He was also known as the East Area Rapist or the original Night Stalker. And I think he raped something like 59 people and then murdered 10 of them. And it was uh, went on until just a couple of years ago, they solved the case and arrested the guy. But he was on the loose through the 70s. And this is the story of Michelle McNamara, who was a true crime obsessive. She had a, a podcast called uh, True Crime Diary. And she got really interested in the case. And she ended up writing this book all about the Golden State Killer and then tragically, she died before the book was complete. Um, she was married to Patton Oswald, the comedian. Oh, right, yeah. Yes. And, and she very tragically passed before the book was complete. He stepped in, and with the researcher, they finished the book. The book came out, and something like the next week, they arrested the Golden State Killer. So mm-hmm. it's an incredible story. And Liz Garbus, who had well-known documentary director who did uh, The Farm, Ghosts of Abu Ghraib, What Happened, Miss Simone. Oh, oh, that was a good one. That was amazing, yes. Yeah, she's directed this miniseries, and wow, only two of the six episodes are streaming just now, uh, have only been released so far. Oh, my God, it's so creepy, and it's so good, and it's this layered, you know, he's she's telling the story on the one hand of the, of the, of the killer, uh, on the other hand, of Michelle McNamara and also of Patton Oswalt's um, bereavement and, and tragedy. It's it's really, it's chilling and it's so, it, you know, just, I, it never seems to amaze me how documentaries have become really almost better than feature films, you know, in a way. There's this great um, thing about the Night Stalker was that he would, he would, sleuth he would study his victims and really case out their territory he would go into their homes before he attacked them you know fix windows and locks and just really creepy shit and they just brilliantly capture this by shooting the most banal backyard scenes at night but as lights move the shadows lengthen so you you just feel this like intense creepy presence you know i've got to say i think that one of the things that um changed the documentary game forever was the way that netflix with making of a murder and everything 
breaks it, it you can expand it as long as it needs to be there's no there's no real structure to it anymore and once you open it up like like with this it really gives you time to like ease into the horror of it all yes that's so true that's so true so that's uh i'll be gone in the dark on hbo and hbo max new episodes sunday nights let's take a break uh blaze have you got, a, have you got more fabulous I do. I have another silly trivia question. Um, the distance between your earlobes is the same as the distance between what? The length of my dick. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. James has ruined it. Okay. <laughs> yes. oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Cut that oh, out. <laughs> Andy will be right back after the break. <laughs> You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. I got to make sure. I'm Fenton here with James and Sam and Blake. We are a flamboyance of flamingos, right? (laughs) Um, Blake, what was the question you had for us before the break? Yeah, I'm doing silly trivia questions this week. And um, so I asked, what the distance between your earlobes is the same as the distance between what? Your hand. I think it's your feet. I think it's the front of your feet to the back or the toe to the heel. I'm going to say the my waist. It's oh. your nipples. It's I would say really. No. Is that yeah. always the case? Yeah. So get, gain a lot of weight and they start to spread apart. <laughs> I think the distance is wider. <laughs> no, I guess. I think. Wait, hold on. This is something fun for everyone to do in your bathroom tonight. I just got stop touching my nipples now. Plum <laughs> and level. We're counting down the top 10 things that make us go, wow. Reach number four. Number four. Guys, I sent you a link last night. I don't know if you have a chance to see it. But I, this week, I don't want to exaggerate, but I can't help it. I have received more joy from this one YouTube show than I have maybe enjoyed since the COVID lockdown for months. And it's called um, Twins, The New Trend. It's these two young black guys, the William brothers from Gary, Indiana. um, And they do something, um, they do a reaction videos. And they're probably 20 if they're a day. And they sit and listen. They started a few months ago, but they're really catching on. The first one I heard was, they listen to huge, iconic songs that by artists that they've never heard of before. And the oh, one I sent to, my famous, is Jolene by Dolly Parton. <laughs> and you know how we get a little crotchety in our old age about, oh, I can't believe young people don't know this or young people don't know that. The, only, the plus side of that is being able to witness someone hearing Dolly Parton's Jolene for the first time. Uh, Dream On by Aerosmith for the first time. Oh, so, yeah. That we just take for granted because they're played or they're on the radio. Um, uh, they did the, um, the how, uh, uh, I don't think it's more, but the, the songs, what do you think? Tom Jones songs. I, I guess people in the in the credits, uh, in the comments say, why don't you listen to this? Why don't you listen to that? And they do. But they sit there and they just light up and they love every moment of it. Did you have They, they really love Jolene. They, they, Every they're just like I love a story song. Oh my god! This morning they just posted in listen to "In the Ghetto" by Elvis, <laughs> and then it's like Get the, 
they're just listening and paying attention and the look on their face and how excited they are. It's um, it makes me wish it does make me tear up because it's like, Oh, to be young again. Did you guys have, you guys didn't get a chance. Probably. I said it too late. No, but there's one there. There, I, there, I have seen some of those reaction ones where it's, it's like, I can't remember the this, this song, but it was one that we all know. It was like, like a, like one that just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and the expression as it kept building and that he started crying because he just like there's this young kid who couldn't believe that this song existed and it's just it is just wonderful to hear those things they're from gary indiana and i forget their name because i'm horrible um but they're they're twins sometimes their younger brother is sitting behind them it's so low-key it reminds me of everything I liked about being young and hanging out with my friends and listening to records and just turning on to music. Well, we'll, we'll post it on the wow report. We'll definitely have a link yeah. to for everyone to watch. I, right. I, I guarantee that if you watch one, like a lace potato chip, you won't have this. Yeah. You won't just do one. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, let's move on to number three, James. Number three. Um, I watched a series on Hulu, um, sort of a kid series, but it's not a kid series, but it is a kid series, but it's not a kid series. It's called Crossing Swords, and it's um, done by uh, the people who do Robot Chicken, our, our great friend Seth Green, who um, has been doing a Robot Chicken on Adult Swim since 2005, okay. and it's Robot Chicken is stop animation toys that they do, and it's thirty second sketches with these different toys. It is all body toilet humor, and it's um. It, this is really the same thing. It's um. Uh, this is a squire. It's the Fisher Price people. Those little Fisher Price people that don't have arms or legs, and he's a squire in medieval England, and he is in training with the king. And the queen is this sort of horny slut, and there's all these other squires. And his sister is a pirate, and it's just there's dragons, toy dragons, and everything. I want to just read the um, cast though, because the cast is absolutely amazing. The, the voices: Nicholas Holt from uh, The Greatest is the squire. Luke Evans is the king, you know, the great hot Luke Evans. Um, Adam Pally is his best friend. Um, Seth Green is in it. Tony Hale from Veep and Arrested Development. Yvette Nicole Brown, who I know you love. Um, uh, Breckenmeyer, Rob Cordroy, Natasha Leone is wow. the sister. Alfred Molina, the great actor, is, um, the, is, is in it. He was Harley Quinn. It's... Um, it takes a while. The first episode isn't that funny, but it builds and each episode gets funnier and funnier. And I don't, I think you should watch, I think no one should be watching it. I don't think it's Elliot yet because it's, like I said, it's really, there's a lot of F-bombs and some dirty humor in it. But if you're a kid, you're really going to love it. We well, you know what crossing swords means. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like when you're peeing with your friend and you cross swords. Thank oh, you. Really? I had no idea. It's, uh, it's, uh, that's a thing. That, that's that's an American thing. That's what every boy does when you're when you're ten years old. Oh, okay. Well, watch well, 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 with Matt Breuer. Elliot loves like hardcore shit. Like, yeah. like he's like, I'm a zombie. I'm gonna eat your brains. So, <laughs> sounds like he's probably ready for Crossing Swords. <laughs> All right, so that's Crossing Swords on Hulu. Number two. Number two. It's a bit of a. Like, it, do you, I, sometimes we do too many. Rest in powers, but you know, everybody's dying. Maybe, maybe it's the age we're getting to or something. But um, I want to do a rest in power. 
I'm sorry, famously, they say you don't start looking at the obituaries till you're 45. And that's when it starts meaning something to you because you start to know who the people who are dying. Right. Well, Kevin Rafferty died this past week. He's a documentary filmmaker, made a fantastic documentary with his brother, uh, Terrence Rafferty and Jane Loder, uh, called Atomic Cafe in 1982. Oh, yes. Not to carbon date myself, but I was a film student at NYU when Atomic Cafe came out. And it was all about, like, this was 1982. And just, just a second of, like, you know, you'd had the Vietnam War, you'd had Watergate, and Reagan was basically doing, regenerating the arms race. So after a while of people just forgetting about nuclear annihilation... Reagan was like stocking up American nuclear arms and the arms race was front and center of people's minds. So out comes this incredible documentary, Atomic Cafe, consisting entirely and solely of army films and propaganda films and public information, PSAs, most famously The Turtle, Duck and Cover. Yes. Which maybe maybe you're too young, James. Or, but, but in school, didn't they play you this animated video of a turtle that when there's a nuclear attack, that's what you should do is duck and cover? Oh, we'll get before our time, I think. And I do. I remember that, that they would always say hide under your desk. And then there was, I do remember this cartoon right. kind of, yeah. It was and the school shooting threat of our youth was nuclear bombs. Right. And there was no, there's no narration, but it's all about that culture in the, well, I guess it is too young period, in the late 40s, because I, I had forgotten that America exclusively had nuclear arms until I think it was 1949. And once Russia had them too, that's when everybody got really freaked out that were mutually assured destruction, nuclear air raid, nuclear bomb shelters. And it is this compilation of videos that is so funny. So I do remember the the famous daisy one where the girl is picking the daisies and then nuclear just the holocaust happens around her yeah that was the, also, the Kennedy ad or something they did tests i mean the other crazy shit they did is they did tests on soldiers in in uh, the pacific where they let off bombs nuclear bombs tested atom bombs with soldiers like nearby was that the sort of radiation range around them because they just didn't know the effects it would have. And they, these, these poor American soldiers were like guinea pigs. And it's, it's blisteringly funny and just completely brilliant. And Kevin um, inspired Michael Moore to make documentaries. Michael Moore saw Atomic Cafe, called up Kevin Rafferty, and Kevin Rafferty came to Mi Michigan and helped him make Roger and Me. Really? Yes. Now, did you ever get a chance to meet him? I did because I called up Kevin Rafferty because I was at NYU and I was making the assignment was make a music video and the music video I made was Kraftwerk's Radioactivity and I wanted some footage from Atomic Cafe for my music video and you it know what Kevin gave it to sense, me doesn't it? It and he also lent me his cutting room which was in Soho and it was like a, a basement and I uh went there and wrote and he was he was an amazing guy amazing, oh, amazing guy check out atomic cafe i think it's on amazon prime you know you can rent it it's really brilliantly funny all right that's atomic cafe rest in power kevin rafferty let's take a break and when we come back we'll reveal the number one thing that made us go wow 
this week. Wow. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. Um, I'm Fenton here with James and Tom and Blake. Um, and before we reveal the number one thing, I just want to say tonight, 8 p.m., VH1, what is it, Tom? I believe it's RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 5. And if anyone had doubt, and you didn't, last week changed everything. No, if you get eliminated, if you're not number one, you're up for elimination. The queens are going for it in a spectacular way. And uh, don't miss a moment of it on VH1 at 8 o'clock, followed by Untucked. All right. Number one. Number one. Very sadly, we lost this week. We lost Broadway star Nick Cordero who, for, with, from COVID-19. And I don't know if you've been following the story. It's been something that is for the past couple of months. It, um, he, what, he got COVID-19. He went into a coma. Um, they amputated his leg. He had a bunch of problems with his with his breathing, with some lung issues. Then he seemed to be getting better. And his wife has been documenting the the story all along. And he has a one he has a beautiful wife. He has a one year old son, Elvis. And he seems, by all account, was just such a lovely, lovely man. He was on Broadway. He was in a number of shows. Um, Bullets over Broadway. Um, I can't remember the other ones. Waitress is in waitress. Yeah, waitress. Do you remember the other one, Tom? No, he's got a long list, but he feels like he's incredibly connected to the Broadway community. Like everybody knows him, worked with him. Every single person and everyone in Hollywood, too, it seemed had something to say. I, you know, Bernadette Peters, Betty Betty Buckley, Patty LuPone, all the the Broadway greats came out in, you know, it's the whole story. And it's so sad because, like I said, he just seemed like such a wonderful, wonderful man. And to follow his journey where you kept thinking he was getting better and then something would go wrong. And then he could, and it's just, it's, it's a, it's a cautionary tale not to take this to not to not yeah. always take it seriously because he was a young man. He was a vital man. He was strong as an ox and he, he, you know, it's and just, so he became a symbol of hope and it really was his wife who would go a lot of, I, I used I only watched CBS this morning. So she had a, a many conversations with Gail King yeah. and she was so optimistic. And if you've ever been in that position where you're with someone who's fatally ill or, or teetering yeah. on that, it's like, you can't, I, like part of me, my cynical self or just my protecting my soul self is like, Oh, you're being too optimistic, like protect your soul. But she really, and yet she really told, you, but like you said, she told it, like it was happening and it was really, you know, we don't talk about grief. We don't talk about that period of life very much. So to hear someone be really um, open about it is really, it was shocking and refreshing and everyone, even if you didn't know him, you're rooting for him. I'm sorry. Well, I, you kept thinking that there was going to be a great comeback where he was going to be on stage and get the standing ovation. And I did, I burst into tears when I saw the news. It just, it's, I have never seen him in anything. And yet I felt so connected to this story. Right. And she was such a ray of light in that whole thing. There wasn't anything. Amanda Klute, I think, is her name. Yeah, yeah. there wasn't anything heavier. She was just a, an inspiration. Like, yeah. um, And I pray uh, for her and her son. I mean, it must be such a I mean, I also know from some experience, we've all lost people, but it's like the letdown of once, you know, when, when all of her energy was going into making it right and, and helping him and being a supporter, when that goes away, that is, you know, it's a loss in so many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I didn't know, I just assumed, stupid me, that he was in New York. He was in Los Angeles the whole time. They yeah. lived in Brook Canyon, and he he passed away at Cedar Sinai. 
Oh, that's I thought it was in New York too. Hmm. And a reminder, I guess that you know this is not a hoax, and it's just oh. terrible to see everything that's happening as this, uh, as it seems to spread without you know completely out of control with and, no rhyme or reason, really no rhyme or reason at all. Right. Right. God bless science is what I like to post. Yeah. Science. Listen to scientists. If you go to the hospital, do you want to ask for a doctor or a politician? I'll ask for a doctor if I'm sick. Thank you very much. And wear a fucking mask. Like what? I, I, it's like, so ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. I right here at all times just in case. Got to love out. Oh. We all got, right. That's all we got time for this week. Um. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, James. Thank you, Blake. Uh, same time, same place next week. Bye. Until then, don't go out. Stay home. Wear a mask and do something that makes the world go. Wow. Wow.